Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode number 183 of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. I'm your coach, Angela Pugh, life coach, recovering alcoholic, and entrepreneur. We talk about all those things, not necessarily in that order, but if you like any or all of those things, you're in the right spot. I've got a fantastic episode for you guys today that I'm really excited about. Adam Jablin is on the show. He has uh, such great insight, entrepreneurship, recovery, all those things, and we're going to dig into that, and he's going to tell you all about his story. There's something that has really been on my mind the last several weeks, and I wanted to talk to you guys about it because I know if I'm feeling this because I'm just a regular human being just like you, so if I'm feeling this stuff, I know some of you have to be feeling it too. And I've just had this sense of uncertainty about the future in this, as we kind of enter this post-COVID world, like it has just dawned on me that I don't really know what the next chapter looks like. And in a lot of ways, that feels very uncomfortable I think you guys know me well enough, or many of you, I guess some of you don't. If you're a first-time listener, you certainly don't, (laughs) but here's a little insight. Um, I don't do anything from the smallest things, you know, going to the grocery store, hanging out with my family. I don't do anything without a strategy, a list, a plan. You know, I'm very type A, And, and I love thinking about the future. And I love thinking about all the incredible things that we're going to do together and that I do professionally. And right now, I just feel like I don't know what anything is going to look like. And this really dawned on me in kind of a weird way. Again, several weeks ago, you know, I like to purge a lot. I don't like to store things and keep things I'm not using. So I purge a lot, you know, whether it's junk drawers, cabinets, closets, and my clothes, like I purge. So I'm standing in my closet a while back and I'm going through, you know, and getting things out to donate because that's what I do. I purge and I donate. And I'm looking around my closet and I am a very fancy person. (laughs) I am a dress up person. I love to dress up. I love clothes and shoes and all of those things. And I always joke, you guys, like honest to God, true. Like I would wear a ball gown every day of my life if I could get away with it. It would be perfect for me. So I'm standing in my closet and I'm looking around and I'm looking around at all of my clothes and dress clothes and all my shoes And I just had this thought, like, am I going to be doing anything anymore to wear any of this? Like, is this even the right wardrobe for me anymore? Like, I just, I feel like I just have no idea what is going to be happening in a post-COVID world. 
not that I think COVID is going away, because I don't really know that COVID will ever go away at this stage. It might be the gift that keeps on giving. But, you know, we've been on lockdown, like we've been in this one stage of it where our lives were really shut down. And, and now it's been a year and a half. And I feel like I just don't know what the next chapter is going to be like. You know, pre-coronavirus, I had a life that I traveled a lot and I did a lot of public speaking in addiction and recovery world, but also in entrepreneurship world. I probably do more business speaking than I do addiction speaking, actually. But, you know, I traveled all the time. Los Angeles is my second home. I'm typically in LA, I don't know, anywhere from, you know, seven to 10 days a month. I'm usually in LA and I haven't been to LA in what feels like a hundred years. You know, I have friends there and a home group there. I'm still not super comfortable with the idea of flying. That still makes me uncomfortable. I know other people are flying and enjoying it and more power to you. I love you all. Do whatever you want. But me personally, I'm not super comfortable with that yet. I think I'm getting back there. But anyway, I just, I've just been struggling with this sort of uncertainty of what does the post lockdown world look like? Like, what is my world going to look like? And as I'm trying to plan for 2022, you know, I had big plans for 2020 and 2021. And obviously, all of those things got knocked off balance. And as I'm trying to look forward to 2022, I still feel like I just don't know what the heck is going on. And there was an added layer to this too. A couple of weeks ago, I did speak at this attorney conference. I speak at this um, conference that is DUI defense attorneys. And I did this whole piece about alcoholism and the conference was virtual, but a, but for my speaking part, anybody that was local uh, here or close to here, we met at a certain place and did our virtual thing, filmed from there with the proper technology. And so I got to dress normal, like what's normal for me. I got to put on, you know, real clothes and pretty clothes and I got to wear heels. And then the very next day I had a wedding. So I got to dress up again. And I remember leaving the wedding and I think I even called one of my girlfriends and I was like, I feel amazing. Like, I feel like I am myself again. You know, like I had these two days back to back that I got to be who I know myself to be, you know, in this world that just felt a little more normal. But I'm curious if you guys are feeling that too, because like I said, I know I'm just a regular person. Like if I'm feeling this, I know many of you have to be feeling it too. And I just wanted to be honest that I, I just feel a lot of uncertainty in what the future is going to look like and, and what we're going to be doing. You know, there's so many people all the time. I get messages like our Addiction Unlimited family. You know, we're dying to have an in-person event where we can meet in real life. And I was hoping to do that at the end of last year. <laughs> and that didn't happen. I was hoping to do it this year. And that didn't happen. I'm hoping it's going to happen next year. <laughs> so fingers crossed, you know, I'm trying to plan some things. But, 
Yeah, it just feels very strange. It's the first time in many, many years that I I feel that sense of uncertainty that that I don't know all the details of what everything is going to look like and really questioning like what is this next chapter and and how is my life going to change in this next chapter? How is it really going to look different and and how will I adapt? And I guess that's part of it too. Like I definitely know that I will be okay. I will figure it out. I'm not, you know, on the verge of drinking or anything like that. I will figure it out. It will be fine. It's just not a feeling that I am used to, you know, because I do always have a plan and a strategy and a hundred lists. And I have a whole project management bullet board system with all kinds of things broken down and processes and systems and it would probably drive you crazy but I love it and it makes me happy so yeah I would just I'd love to hear from you guys too in the Facebook group I'd love to hear from you guys if you're dealing with some of this same stuff like as you look forward do you feel comfortable with what the next chapter looks like or are you feeling that same sort of uncertainty that's just what has been on my mind right now. And we'll just keep trudging along and we will figure it all out. And I can't wait to meet you guys in person next year. I'm trying to do at least two events next year that I can meet some of our people in real life, especially, you know, those of you that work with me as your coach, like in the six week program, because we spend so much time together, you know, that it's, it's extended family, I think for all of us, like we really get to know each other. And those connections are so special. And I'm dying to meet everybody in real life. So hopefully 2022 will be a little kinder, and a little easier to navigate. <laughs> and we'll just keep trudging along and figuring it out together. And I love you guys for being such a part of my life. And for being in the Facebook group and engaging with me and really creating that sense of community and safety. I just, I love you guys so much and I appreciate you for being on this journey with me. It really um, makes it so much more fun and and comfortable <laughs> when, when you have a tribe, you know, and I know I always drive that point home, but you guys are my tribe too. So thank you for that. I just love you guys. Um, also, I wanted tonight, it is actually tonight, is the Get Sober Support and Stop the Yo-Yo Sobriety webinar. I will link that in the show notes if you want to jump in there. You can also get in the Facebook group. I will link that in the show notes too. But all the information, like I've been putting out videos every week and doing so much stuff, um, just trying to create some really great content for you guys. Um, and all the details will always be in the Facebook group. That's the best place to be to really have your thumb on what's happening in my world and whatever free things I'm doing. So I'm always doing workshops and webinars and all that kind of stuff. So the Facebook group is the best place to always know what's happening. 
And we will talk more. We're going to continue this conversation about the uncertainty of the post-lockdown world. (laughs) If you guys are feeling some of that too, we're going to continue that conversation in the Facebook group too. But for now, I love you guys. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for being here with me in all of this journey of coronavirus and, and addiction and recovery and all of it. Life, thank you for being here with me. And with that, Let's welcome Adam Jablin. Mr. Adam Jablin, I'm so excited to have you on the show and get to know a little bit more about you. Like a lot of my guests, I stalked you on Instagram. It's one of my favorite ways to find people. So welcome to the show and thank you for doing this with me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Why don't you take a second and tell the listeners a little bit about you and what you do? Sure. Um, My name is Adam Javelin. I am a life coach, business coach, recovery mentor, speaker. I had a number one best-selling book, Lotsaholic from Sick to Sober Superman. And what I do is I help my clients get really, really unstuck through let's say their own hero's journey and i I get them from those dark places a lot of my clients uh i have high-end celebrity entertainers athletes and they just need to be heard they just need to feel like a connection of the soul they just they, they, they need to feel validated in a way other than just money and fame and you know and and those really quick highs you know, the quick highs of life that just drop so dramatically. So take people through their hero's journey and and slay the dragons and come out on the other end. Amen to that. So this is hence the hero project, correct? Hence the hero project, exactly. (laughs) Is the hero project a nonprofit? Is this a movement? What is the hero project. You know, I wanted to label what I did. I it, b- between us, I gotta be. I hate the title life coach. It just doesn't sit well with me. Uh, I don't know why. I, mm-hmm. I have no idea what that is about because uh, it is what I am and what I do. And but I wanted to give people, let people know what the experience is. So it, it could be a movement. It could be, but really, what it is, it's, it's working with. The Hero Project is, it's not a program, right? So it's not a 12-step program. It's not P90X where, you know, if you bought P90X and I bought P90X, we're doing the same exact workout. It's a program. This is a project. This is each uh, client and each individual has their own needs, has their own wants, has their own goals. And so it, it it's catered to like if you're building a house, you know, not everything's going to be the same house to house to house. So each hero is, is unique and is a project that in the end, you know, is ready to go. Nice. I love that because ultimately, I mean, we are all individuals and one of, to me, one of the greatest parts of being a coach is it's so individual. It really is being with your person that you're working with, where they are, figuring out what they need in that moment, because it is not going to be cookie cutter for everybody. 
that you work with for sure. Even on the same journey, right? Even in the journey of recovery, we all need different things at different times. Yeah, absolutely. So very similar to that uh, and, and running a business, building a business. It's everybody is their own entity and I like love and respect them where they're at, but at the same time, get them, get them through this journey. Yeah, for sure. So where was your personal journey that led you to build this project and business? Well, um, that's a long story, but I'll try to condense it. So for 25 years, I ran uh, my family business. We were the number one lace manufacturer in the world. So lace like women's intimate apparel. Mm-hmm. Bras, panties, Victoria's Secrets, La Perla, Hanky Panky, La Bella, all, you know, you name Hanes. These, and, and I was in a corporate world and, and I ran a factory and, and had big meetings with, with big players. And so, but 15 years before I got clean and sober and it changed everything my recovery and my sobriety changed everything. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it. And I, you know, every day I was doing something in my recovery, one meeting at a time, one step at a time, one day at a time, one, you know, one month at a time, one year at a time. And before we knew it, I had something that was very contagious, I guess, something that other people wanted. And of course, you know, you take other people through this, this life and journey of recovery by started attracting uh, not just local people, but entertainers and, and, and people that I always wanted to meet, you know, they were contacting me because they, they needed help. And, and it was very flattering, really good, but I was making lace. I was a lace manufacturer. I could not dedicate myself to, to something like that. And that was a part of me staying sober is what I was doing. It was a, a part of an altruistic life that I found in a fellowship that I loved. So it, it, it is completely altruistic and it was never for profit. And, and, and I, I loved it. Yeah. I had my business, life, but something was always pulling me to, to do what I'm doing now. And when we decided to sell the family business, it was like a no brainer. It was a no brainer. I just, I knew what the natural step was going to be the next step. Mm-hmm. And um, I, and I bet on myself, I just bet on myself. And it, it and I'm so happy to say that it took off. Yeah, for sure. So when I stalked you on Instagram, there was one particular post that stood out to me. And for all the listeners, of course, I will put all of Adam's social media in the show notes. So you guys can find that there and stalk his Instagram. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Um, But you have this post and it says, don't feel bad for outgrowing people that had a chance to grow with you. And that so resonated with me because one of the things I know people really stress about when thinking about getting sober, right? In this huge lifestyle change. One of the things people think about all the time is what's going to happen to my friends, right? Am I going to lose all of my friends? It's almost like you create this picture in your head. Like I'm going to get sober and I have to go around and break up with everybody. Like, I'm sorry. We can't see each other anymore. We can't hang out. There's no more dinners in our future. We're done. Um, So it really stood out to me because 
And for me, my personal experience, when I got sober, I always say I didn't necessarily lose my friends. I still loved those people. I still saw them pretty regularly, like my drinking friends. I just took a step back and I thought, you know, let's see who reaches out to me to do sober things. (laughs) And those are the people, obviously, that I know are really on my team and really support me. And I was not super surprised when many of my drinking friends were not making that call, right? Like they weren't blowing up my phone saying like, Hey, Angela, do you want to go to breakfast or let's go have coffee? You want to go see a movie? You know, they all continued on their drinking path, which is fantastic, but it did change my sphere quite a bit. So I just loved that, that post, the people that had the chance to grow with you, because I didn't break up with anybody. I didn't not give anybody the opportunity to join me on my journey and better my life. That doesn't mean they had to quit drinking, right? You can still be friends with people and not drink. So I would love to hear from you in the poster, being the poster of the post, like, what does that mean to you? So every Instagram post that I put up, I'm really a lot of my heart is because I'm writing it to myself. Mm -hmm. And if it resonates with people, great, which it seems like it has. But I've had to make a lot of difficult decisions throughout my life, especially this last year. And sometimes I need the words of encouragement to realize that I'm doing the right thing. And I'm here for a bigger cause and and a higher purpose. So those words, I love when they resonate with people. Uh, it means a lot because I'm really, really posting that stuff for the part of me that's scared, the part of me that's that's afraid. Uh, but it can mean anything. It can mean for people, like you just said, we, in, in sobriety, it could mean getting a divorce. It could mean mm-hmm. people that want to finally go for it and go for that career and go for their dreams, but all their friends are going to make fun of them or their parents or whomever is going to make them feel like you're, they're crazy to do it. And, and sometimes you, not sometimes, I, I actually think each person has to finally say, why am I even here? Who am I, who am I living this life for? For your approval, for your approval, for so you're okay with me being in this, this one area? Well, I'm not. So that, that's really what it was about. Yeah. And you're, you know, too, especially on an entrepreneurial journey, sometimes it feels like it's hard to get support, right? Because people don't necessarily see it. It's not a ton of the population that has that entrepreneurial mind or brain of growing and building and creating and doing all those things. So I love that you put that in there too, because it could be business. It could. And I always say, I always say too, even with your friends in college, right? I mean, I didn't go to college until I was much older, but for, you know, the majority of the population goes young. And I'm like, it's no different than when you transition out of that phase of your life and you transition out of that friend group, right? It's not that you don't like those people anymore. It's not that you're never going to talk to them again. It's not that you're breaking up. You're just transitioning into a new phase of your life. And that could be with anything, not just recovery. Sure. Oh my God. Absolutely. 
my my page is not dedicated to just recovery. It's in yeah. many facets of life. You know, like I said, I'm a life coach. Um, so yes, I agree with every word you said, hundred percent. Where would you say for you has been one of your greatest challenges in sobriety? And how did you navigate that without relapse? Oh, boy. I, I, <laughs> difficult to mention one. Um, you know, separating from my wife recently. Uh, we're in the process of going through a divorce. That was huge. Um, so not living with my kids every day, even though we're closer now. You know, for me, the way I'm wired and, and the way I saw the family dynamic, that was that was difficult. Um, it made me way closer with God, way closer with my recovery community. Uh, my, my faith got a lot stronger. And I think that's probably the positive to say about every every little hiccup, you know, is that you you get stronger and you, you find a closer connection to the spiritual world and you feel more a part of and that. That's a gift, but the pain that it takes to go through that is is gut wrenching. And I always want to skip pain. That's why I drank and drove. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to feel. I didn't want to feel anything. And you know, having to feel these emotions and it feels like a death. It feels like you're you're mourning something that that was never supposed to leave. But change happens. Mm-hmm. And so that would probably be it's it maybe because of where I'm at in my life. But that would be number one, but boy, I've had so many different things uh, that I had to learn from, grow from. Uh, God, even just all my first, you know, first concert, first this, first that, first vacation. I mean, my first vacation sucked because I didn't know what the hell to do with myself. You know, we were, we were at a resort. It was gorgeous and the sun was shining and and I was, and we were, you know, it was in the islands and I, I just wanted to drink. It was torture. You know, I, I was better at home. So all these, it, it's a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question. Did you have a, did you have a spiritual foundation before you got sober? Is that something that came as a part of your journey? I had a spiritual fascination before I got sober, but nothing concrete and nothing that I could really grasp onto and and use. Just, I knew there was something bigger. I knew there was something better. I knew there was something beyond, beyond death, but I I couldn't necessarily wrap my hands around what that was. I, I, and I, I would look at people with strong faith, be the, Jewish or Catholic, and I was like, "What do they make, like make believe in Tinkerbell or something? Like, what? Like, how does this work?" But I also envied it in many ways, sure, uh, because it it gave them such great peace, and it, it mm-hmm. seemed like they were living such amazing lives. And yet, to me, it was like, "What the hell is wrong with these people?" So, what are they believing? What is this? And you know, look, did psychedelics, which now is a huge thing with DMT and ayahuasca, but you know, for me, it was just mushrooms and acid, but I was able to see that there was definitely another dimension out there. 
So my, my, and, and I read a whole bunch of new age spiritual books before I came into, because you know, I was, you know, the, my mind was curious. So yes, I, I had a spiritual fascination, but an actual belief and an actual faith and an actual, you know, my, my, my spirituality now is, is stronger than any part of my life. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's, it's stronger than whatever I even say my identity is. I mean, it's my spirit, it's my spirituality. It's stronger than my body, it's stronger. So uh, it's really, really grown from being somebody that was just kind of like dipping his toe in the water a little bit every time that something bad happened or something good happened. Yeah. I think one of the most fascinating parts too is the community and the sense of community that comes with different, like whatever your faith is, whatever your gig is, there is a sense of community that comes with that. And you have like-minded people to hang out with in the same belief system. And that was always intriguing to me because forever, I always felt like an outsider, right. Until I got to 12 steps. Like that was the, that was the first room I ever walked in, in my life where I was like, oh my gosh, these are my people. Like, this is where I fit. This is where I belong, you know, um, with alcoholics. So I loved that, but yeah, I always had that sort of fascination with the community and that sense of fellowship that I came to learn, obviously through 12 steps. Yeah. I mean, we're blessed to have that. We are, we are blessed. I, I, I will sometimes talk about it. Um, you know, I will speak about my recovery all day long, but you know, there's something so sacred about the 12 step community, uh, that, and, and it's got these sacred tr- traditions that it's very easy that once it becomes a, a very loose conversation, you could break them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I always, you know, just acknowledge it. I tip my hat to it. Uh, I'm a part of it. I'm a proud part of it, but I kind of, you know, just walk this line where it's like, I, I need to acknowledge also that there's a lot more beyond it. For sure. Which was one of the greatest realizations for me being a part of it is figuring out that in, and this was also part of my coaching journey, right. In, you know, doing my first coaching certification program and starting to learn that world and understand that world and, and, and how the two, you know, meshed and collided in some ways, but realizing like, oh, wow, like you can learn these concepts in this way of living and how to be a better person outside the rooms too, right? And there is a continuation. And that was a huge piece for me in, in wanting to do this as work also, because I saw myself changing and growing into a person that I didn't ever know I was capable of being. Like when I saw myself becoming an honest human, when I saw myself quitting drinking and staying stopped and being committed to that journey, I had never been committed to anything before except drinking. So I saw these huge shifts in who I was. And I thought, oh my gosh, if I can do this, like literally anybody can do it. (laughs) And all I wanted to do was help other people like figure out that journey. Like this is incredible. I never knew I could be good. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a great, it's, it's, for many of us, it's the, it's, 
the, the great eye opener. Yeah. And it's, it's this spiritual intoxication and it's, it's, it's amazing. So I'm really, really happy for you you found your way. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the spiritual realm too. Like to me that spirituality and faith brings such a sense of relief, you know, in a, a release of pressure off of me, you know, like I am not the one figuring everything out. Like I really just have to be in tune and pay attention and show up. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not the puppet master for sure. If you are starting over from day one, what would be your action plan? I would follow exactly what I did. Yeah, no, no, no. Just attack it. Attack <laughs> it. Just attack it with every every ounce of heart and soul and passion that I have. You know, that's just how I do everything. So yeah. just, uh, I wouldn't change a freaking thing. Just attack, attack, attack. Did you have a lot of the super common fears that most people have? And I've never heard anybody say that. So like, I love that you said that because I'm an attack person too. Even if I have fear about something, I'm more of like, okay, let's do this. Let's figure it out. <laughs> let's get through it, figure out the solution. Like, I don't want to shrink to my fear. You know, I want to step up into my courage. So I'm more of a, let's do this rather than a be fearful. But I definitely, of course, had a lot of those common fears. Like, um, I was afraid I wouldn't be funny anymore. Like that was a big one for me. Like, what if I'm only funny because I'm drunk, you know, um, I had a lot of that normal kind of stuff, dating fears, all that kind of stuff. Well, I, yeah, sure. I, I had every fear that every other person feels, but I also had this, you know, for me in the beginning, I wasn't even really doing it for me. Um, I had a six month old daughter. And so I had this beautiful carrot in front of me and I was welcomed in with such open arms and with such love. And, and that's really what attracted me to it the most. These, these men laughing from their bellies and giggling and, and having the best time speaking about their relationships and their children and their, and their wives and their, their relationship with God. And, and I was like, what is this? And, and, I couldn't, I really couldn't get enough of it. So, um, yeah, I do. I, did I have fears? Of course, but I have fear all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it wasn't going to stop. Me. It wasn't going to stop me. I just, uh, I just attacked it. When you say attack, like, what does that mean? Like, what did you like on day one? You're like, I'm not drinking. What did you do to get through your day? Well, I went to a 28-day treatment center okay. that was 12-step based. And the day I got out, they told me I needed to make a meeting and I had to get a sponsor and I had to figure out where a home group was and I had to do all these things. And that's what I did. You know, I'll never forget the very first night. So night 29 of being sober and, you know, I, I hit my knees to pray before I go to bed, you know my wife at the time looked at me like, what the hell is this? You know, like, it's like, she's like, so 30 days ago, lunatic, like the party, tequila drinking, madman. Now, now I have this. Um, but
but I just did everything to I, everything I could to the best of my ability. Yeah. Everything that I could. I just attacked, attacked, attacked. I, I didn't let any, any roll of the eyes, any, anything get in my way. Yeah. And because I treat it as if it were life and death because mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Yeah. I had so much denial. You know, I never even thought there was something wrong with me. And I still have the highest toxicity level, blood levels that my treatment center ever saw because I was mixing so much. Mm-hmm. And my liver and my pancreas and my kidneys couldn't break them down. So the toxicity level through my blood went sky high. Wow. And I didn't even think there was anything wrong with me. So, yeah, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. So, yeah, just I would not change a thing. I needed everything I did. I needed yeah. every I needed every act of service. I needed every lesson, every lecture, every meeting, every talk, every I just need everything. Yeah. How do you think that your spiritual recovery journey, life journey, I mean it all becomes one thing after after a period of time. How do you think that prepared you for being an entrepreneur and like really starting your own thing and building it and making it something amazing and something that you're proud of. Well, it gave me the principles to live by. I mean, I see out of different eyes mm-hmm. and uh, I live by these, these principles and by these traditions and it just, it gave me the faith to bet on myself for the first time ever. And to say, if not now, when? And it, so that that spiritual connection and that, that faith that I have, that's that's the whole thing. You know, that's really what I'm trying to pass my clients. If I can get them to to have that, they don't need anybody. They don't need anybody. But it takes work and it takes exercises and it, it takes, you know, not when I say exercises, not gym exercises, not always writing in a notebook either. Not, right. but I mean, like really going out and living. You know, I take my clients on quite the journey. This ain't like, hey, let's Zoom once a week. And, <laughs> you know, like, you know, that helps. That's part of the process, but it's experiential, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we really change from the inside out. Yeah. So my spirituality, yeah. It, it, like you said, it's all, it, it is all one thing. It's all Adam. All of it's in me. My entrepreneurship, my career before running the number one lace company, my successes, my failures, my recovery, the steps, my the people I've helped, my children. It's all within me. Yeah. And I love the, the principles too, because it kind of gives you a compass you know, for me, I know it, it gives me a compass of it to keep myself where I want to be and not get too pulled, pulled too far off track one way or another for various things, you know, because sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to recognize, you know, when I am something simple, like spreading myself too thin, right? Like I will, pack too many engagements on my calendar and not even realize it until I'm at a place that I'm falling apart. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. (laughs) Like, let's get focused here. This is not how we want to do it. Let's get back on track. 
and all of that stuff I've learned as a part of the journey, right? Recovery, spirituality, being a human being and, and being a human being that always wants to be better and improve, you know, it all goes together, but it's been an incredible journey for sure. What is your favorite thing about being a sober person? My life. It's just delicious. You know, it's sweet. You know, my life's so sweet. It would give you a diabetic coma. <laughs> you know, I can, I can do and be and have anything I want. And before I wasn't, I was a prisoner. I was stuck. I couldn't get out of it. I just couldn't, I couldn't stop. I just couldn't stop. And now I can, you name it, I've done it. And, and I continue to do it. I continue to stretch. I continue to grow. And, you know, before I just couldn't, where was I going to get my next fix? You know, when, when, yeah. when, when, when are you going to shut the fuck up so I can go have a drink? Right. You know what right. I mean, like it just was, it was because I, I was so sick inside. Mm -hmm. I, I, I needed to calm me down. I needed to, to relax me. I, I, I just couldn't, and, and then then there was the time when I had it and I needed it and I couldn't be happy with it. It just was torture. So, you know, just the beauty of, of living is and, and, and life and being able to, to challenge myself and stretch myself, be there for my children and, and even be there for my ex and be, you know, be, I can't pick one thing. It would be 100% impossible. The freedom of it is nice though. To not be a prisoner anymore is amazing. You don't realize how committed you are to addiction. And I think until you can kind of take a step back from it, but literally just like you're saying, like everything you do starts to revolve around that. Like every decision I made, like who I spent my time with, where I went, what activities I would do or not do, like all those things revolved around my addiction. Yeah. It's torture. There's no doubt about it. It's torture. Um, and and that's, look, I'm sure this is why you started the podcast. I mean, to help people get out of that. Yeah. To let them know that they're not alone. Because there's a lot of people that, you know, don't find recovery and don't find the rooms and don't go to a church and don't go to synagogue and don't go to a mosque and whatever it is. And they can't find that way out. So yeah. people like you, you know, I applaud 100% because the, not everyone's going to find it the way we found it. Yeah. Well, and that's as, that's as important is understanding there's not only one way to find it. <laughs> like everybody can kind of have their different way and it's not, there is no one size fits all solution. I think it's more about the willingness to figure out what your solution is, right? Like it, I have to figure out what works for me. You have to figure out what works for you. And that changes through different parts of life too. What I needed at year one is very different than what I need at year 15. You know, the, those are different animals. So I love that there's so much. Oh, that's nice. We both have 15. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, you're 15 too? Yeah. 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 2006. Yeah. 2006. That was a good year. It's a great year. <laughs> great year.
<laughs> class of 06. Is, is, class of 06. <laughs> Adam, is there anything you want to tell the listeners before we close? Just to have hope. Just, you know, have hope. And, and there are people out there on the front lines to, to help you and guide you. You can call me, call you. And just, but, you know, if you're listening, you know, we hope that you got something out of it. But there's hope. Well, Adam, thank you so much for doing this with me. I appreciate you spending time with the listeners and opening yourself up and telling us about you. And for everybody out there, I will put all the proper links in the show notes so you can find all Adam's good information. Don't forget to stalk his Instagram. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.